What is the truth in the stories we are told? We've been given a story of a world fueled by separation. We've become separate from one another, separate from the earth, ultimately separate from the true nature of ourselves. It's time we learn the truth. It's time you rewrite your story. It's time to realign with who it is that you really are. This is the fifth dimension. You are infinite and eternal. We are infinite and eternal. Our natural essence, we could say, is, is simply being. We have this awakening coming together as a perfect storm. We're ready for this. We have the capacity inside. We just got to find that. everybody welcome in to the fifth dimension podcast this is me evan mcdermott i want to thank you all for tuning in and uh it's been a minute since we've had a podcast i'm not gonna lie to you what it's been uh probably almost two months now since the tarot forecast for 2023 and it's interesting i'm very much been reflecting uh on the beginning of this year and i'm really gonna step into this and unpack a lot of what we've I've personally been experiencing as well as sort of the collective vibe at hand. Uh, it feels very much in alignment with my tarot forecast, having the need to step away from this podcast for a month and a half, two months. And there's been a lot that's taken place within there and a lot of uh, things to unpack. And that's what we're doing within this podcast. I have some wonderful interviews that are scheduled. I'm uh, going to have some coming out as soon as next week. So really getting back into the flow creatively. And uh, I think it's an important time to do that. We're going to really jump into why. But if uh, this is your first episode, welcome on in. You've picked quite the one to uh, stumble upon. Return listeners, as always, sending you lots of love and beauty on this fine day. And if you're a fan of the show, head on over to Substack, mcdermott.substack.com. I'm telling you guys, really, that's almost the home for all my creativity, uh, poetry, explorations in different writing. I will post about podcasts as they come out. So the Substack page and getting on that list is really how you're going to keep uh, up with all my creative ventures. I know when uh, I don't do a podcast for two months, certainly that might impact the algorithms, whatever it may be. Um, but I'll always keep you updated on Substack, at the very least. So head on over there. And uh, if you're a fan of the show, Subscribe, whatever platform you're on. Greatly appreciate that. And um, I am offering tarot readings by donations at the moment. I don't always have time to get to all of them, but I certainly, uh, it's, it's interesting. And I'm going to dive into this in the podcast. As you start to take on more and more and more and are able to put on your more on your plate, uh, you also find time for things you previously didn't think you had time for. Like when you really commit yourself to the path of creation and just building and building and embracing uh, what you're capable of, you start to realize how much time you do have to step into your own creative ventures. There's a certain amount of discipline that's needed, uh, certainly, but you do have the time. And so that's what I'm uh, stepping into. I haven't necessarily the last two months promoted tarot readings, but they are available. So you can always shoot me a message. I do have a link where you can just go and book one directly. That's in the episode show notes. Scroll down there. 
but it's been it's wonderful to share the gift of tarot and i have some big updates for tarot coming in the near future so stay tuned on that but really what i want to dive into within this podcast is beginning to understand who we are our own unconscious uh traumas, pains, what drive us? Are we in alignment with the heart or are we simply operating out of survival mode? These are a lot of the ideas that I would like to try and unpack. And uh, I want to start by taking a step back though and actually reading a poem that I wrote uh, in December 2022, so not that long ago. But I'm choosing to read it because at the time I didn't necessarily... Uh, put two and two together about this being an intention or what I was really even doing at the time. Um, But this has really been the process for the start of 2023 for me and I think will encapsulate uh, really a collective process as well because there is a lot taking place at the collective level. Like my goodness and in terms of the things coming to fruition where groups like the World Economic Forum or, you know, politicians, the system, the matrix, infringement upon the human spirit and consumption, uh, I would say, of our minds through technology and people really getting lost in uh, divisiveness, illusions. It it feels to me uh, we are being forced to look at that right now fully, uh, so and I, I think this poem and one that I recently wrote called Starlight, I don't know if I'll read that one on here. Uh, maybe I will. Uh, since I mentioned it, maybe I will later in the episode after we go into this a little bit deeper. But this poem has been sort of my own process in looking at that. It's called Inner Flame. Through an embrace of your fire, a new choice must be made. Will you immerse in its intimacy or be burned by your careless ways? Step foot directly into the blaze. Fear dissolves while the child dies. Paradigms of old fall below you, giving way for the phoenix to rise. You already know who you are, with your heart beating as the inner flame. Explore the vastness of this fertility. Don't be held back by feelings of shame. Each spark, a seed of new beginnings, taking root to let your dreams ignite. Now immersed in the arms of creation, one with the fires, infinite light. You know, I've said on a few podcasts, and I think in particular one that I remember saying this on was in a conversation with Dr. Nathan Riley. Uh, They talk about this idea of the boy needing to die before the man can be born. And this is a concept that I've really been looking to integrate within the past few years. And, you know, I think something, there's almost a paradoxical nature to this, right? I think something we really can benefit from engaging in is connecting with our inner child and allowing life to be a playground, in a sense, and going in with innocence, spontaneity, taking the fool's path, a beginner mind, and, and really nurturing 
the child that is always going to live within us. That's such, a, such an important part of uh, healing and integrating masculine, feminine, all of the energies within ourselves. And ultimately unpacking what is driving the subconscious. You know, so many of the programs that we're given, so many of the ideas that we have about ourselves are rooted directly in our childhood. You know, it's based on the type of parenting we received. Were our parents fully capable of love? You know, we can understand they did the best they could and loved in the way they knew how, but, you know, they were hurting too often. They were hurting too in their own ways. They had their own trauma, and a lot of times trauma gets passed down. That's called ancestral trauma, and it's learned behavior. So we really do need to go into the child mind and unpack it. That means both ends of the spectrum. It's not just about nurturing the inner child. It's not just about love and the play. I mean, that's a huge component of it. And oftentimes during our childhood, maybe we didn't fully have that. We didn't have the ability to express that because we didn't have the proper environment and proper nurture to really allow that to thrive and to embrace that natural state of the child mind. But really, we also need to be consciously aware of the traumas, of the pain, of the feelings of not being loved or worthy or feeling this need to step up responsibility early and on and taking a lone wolf approach or feeling isolation, whatever it may be, you feel you needed as a child. We really need to unpack that because it drives so much of our unconscious behavior. And, you know, I, I look at my own past, for example, my own child, uh, I would say childlike nature. And I very much have over the last several years, kind of taken the approach of the fool in tarot. This is the zero card because it's about stepping into the unknown. It's just about allowing what your heart is telling you to do. Heart lead, brain follow. And I've really learned to embrace that spontaneity and that innocence, but it's still been very difficult for me to tap into and be willing to acknowledge all of the shadows that were present among that, right? There are many gaps in my own memory from childhood. I don't have a, a lot of memories. I have, I have some, I have many. There are moments of beauty. There are moments of joy, certainly. Um, but there were, I know there are moments of hardship and a lot of it had been unconscious for so long. So, and you know, we have to, I think it's important to do this type of work and be open about it and be willing to embrace the vulnerability and be willing to share about it because that's a oftentimes how you go about healing it, you know, being able to express it and even being able to listen to others' expressions about the way that they were uh, feeling as a child, the way that still impacts them now. I mean, there is a low self-worthiness from 
not having that in uh, a sense of self instilled within them and, and shown to them and allowed to be fostered naturally, right? Why is it that we have such a meaning crisis within society? Because we don't give children, uh, or I would I wouldn't say we even need to give. I think children have uh, meaning. They inherently understand the meaning of life. I mean, how often do you talk to a kid and they're full of wisdom and, and they understand and they get it. And it's only once they go through the school system, the mechanized brainwashing in so many areas. It's not, it's only until they have the innocence knocked out of them through societal conditioning and this illusionary uh, game we've chosen to play in terms of go to school get a job, get married, this, that. You have the standard life path and there is nothing to explore about oneself except uh, maximizing your output for this machine that our system has become. And that's why things like transhumanism are possible because we are living within a machine we ourselves are the automatons, as James Tunney would put it, uh, to keep this mechanized way of living possible. There is no room for creative expression in uh, a machine that takes a set, like, data instruction, right? Imagine trying to do computer coding, but instead you decide, oh, my, my painting is going to uh, code this website. No, it's not. <laughs> like no, it's, it's literally not possible. It's not possible. So uh, we have to understand that that's the type of environment we've created for ourselves. It's very much a confined algorithmic uh, way of life. And it's been like that. And our technology is simply a manifestation of that uh, taking place within our subconscious and how we're choosing to operate. You know, we're operating for the efficiency of survival instead of... Uh, a deeper meaning in exploration of the unknown. That's really what it comes down to. And so we need to begin to ask ourselves, in what way is my own subconscious mind primed for efficiency, primed for survival? And there's going to be certain ways in which that is natural. You know, if you are <laughs> approached by a, uh, I don't know, a mountain lion, or let's say my case in Montana, let's say I'm out on a hike and I see a grizzly bear, which common occurrence, had a few close calls this past summer. Uh, if that were to happen, there is a survival instinct that is going to kick in. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the fight or flight response ingrained within the moments where you should be tapped in uh, to the beauty and to the deeper connection that we have with one another. The fight or flight is certainly necessary, but only in moments where uh, self-preservation is consciously needed. You know, we operate 90% on the subconscious. So, how is it that we are constantly triggered within our fight or flight? How is it that we are constantly needing to do, do need to do this, need to do that? 
I got to go. I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to do this. Got to do that. And I got all these deadlines and I got this and I got that. And we just can't do enough to ever be satisfied. There's never enough. That's what we've created. It's what we're indoctrinated into thinking is how the world operates. And, you know, we don't even propose alternatives or modifications because uh, choosing a, a deeper collective purpose would have to come with the end of an automatized and, and mechanized system that we're choosing to live within, right? We, we really have to choose to evolve our system and find the elements that might work. What are the elements of organization that are working? You know, we don't have to burn the whole thing down. But we have to understand what deeper meaning is, what it means to be alive, what it means to be tapped into play, to be tapped into beauty. You know, we need to choose not just to survive, but we need to choose to live. Any moment that we're just trying to survive, we're not living. We're just avoiding dying. That's all it is. And really the fear of death is the cause of so much of this. Deeply rooted, when we look within ourselves, we are given this idea that we are one identity. We are one ego, unique, structured. And there is nothing beyond that except self. It's a very narcissistic way of uh, crafting individual identities within our society. And, you know, we really need to celebrate our own unique expression. We really need to uh, hold reverence for the beauties that we are capable of experiencing within our own unique experience, within our own unique bodies. Uh, but we need to open ourselves up to the reality that we are much, much deeper than just individual identity. We are much larger than our ego. There is something far greater that is present and always present. How is it that life can come from something that is not alive? It's not possible. Everything is interconnected. We are part of a much bigger life force. You know, it's like a cell within our own body. That is one individual unique cell, but it is a part of the whole organism. And that's, there is something far greater that we are connected to. I like to use the analogy, if you go into the forest, the forest is one of the most mystical, magical places you can visit. And you look at each individual tree. You can go up to each tree. It will have its own energy field. It will have a uniqueness. You'll never find two trees that are exactly the same. Even in clones, you will have variants based on the external stimuli it is exposed to. But when you get down to the root, what we don't see in that forest is 50% of it that's living underneath the surface. When you look at the trees, all of the root systems are interconnected. They feed one another nutrients. One tree will alert all the other trees, if it is uh, being attacked by insects, let's say, and they're able to put up a defense system, all the other trees, because that one tree alerted it, right? So 
you could argue that because they are all connected physically, they're all physically connected, it is one superorganism. And it's really the same thing with us. We have that root system that is available for us to tap into. Uh, it is the collective mind, capital M mind, not just individual mind. It's the collective mind. And there's an interconnecting root system that we're all tapped into. And it's really about becoming conscious of this whole, conscious of the fact that we are part of this unique super organism, not just on a human, human level, but in terms of the source that we are created from. And we can allow that to be the foundation for the knowing of who we are. And when you tap into that, you begin to recognize there is no death. There is no birth. It is simply unique points of expression, manifesting, unmanifesting. That's all it is. And it's a continuous cycle, right? Even... Even if the sun were to explode and wipe out our uh, solar system, is that the end of source? No. It's just one story of the cosmos. Written, signed, sealed, delivered. And guess how many more expressions in stories of the cosmos that are going to be present? It's a never-ending cycle. Never-ending. Because it doesn't exist in linear time. Time is a very third dimensional uh, method of organization. Uh, when we say the illusions of time, when you can exist outside of a space of time and, and move into timelessness, this is really what a lot of my poetry is about, for example. You know, I put out the mystical collection, uh, my poetry book, which is available, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that at the beginning. Um, the bit, somebody asked me, what is the theme? You know, what's the theme of this? And I said, the theme was timelessness. It's about stepping into timelessness through love, stepping into timelessness through freedom, stepping into timelessness through awakening. That is what freedom is. It's exiting the trap of organized time and egoic identity structure you can play like the child and yet you can embrace uh, the unique responsibilities and that's something i want to get into in this episode the unique responsibilities that you can create for yourself and in turn generate meaning so it all comes back to deeper meaning which is why i titled my Substack deeper meaning i don't think i consciously uh, knew why I titled it at the time that I did, but this has sort of been what I've learned by focusing on deeper meaning as a concept. And, you know, you really have to start to ask, where do we go from here once you embrace that concept, right? Once you embrace that concept of timelessness, where do we go from here? Where does that leave us? How do we move forward? And that's something I really want to unpack and explore. You know, once we really start to do the healing work, 
once we really begin to have these deeper reflection questions about self-identity, who we are, what our own purpose is, how do we come and creatively express ourselves, how do we open up our hearts despite our conditioning, despite our tendency to judge, despite us wanting to go into battle and pick up the sword against one another, against ourselves ultimately, you know, how do we move forward? You know, I think it's all about getting out of our own way most of the time. It's about recognizing and asking the deepest questions about ourselves and be willing to take on the responsibility that this is all of my creation. My life is totally my creation. Is life happening for me or is life happening to me? You know, if life is happening to me, there is never the justification to have deeper meaning and the justification to generate purpose, right? Because if life is happening to you, it doesn't matter anyways. You have no control. You have no ability to create your circumstances, so why bother? And I understand why somebody who is living in that mindset would check out and would feel narcissistic and would have all this pain and trauma and act on that and not attempt to heal it because it doesn't feel worth it. What's the point? There's no alternative. There's not even a way to comprehend the process of creation uh, without embracing the fact that life is happening for us. I think we have all have moments where we recognize life is happening for us, but that's not the conscious thought process behind it. You know, when things align just perfectly, those coincidences, those synchronicities, everything that you feel has guided you to where you are right now, can you look back and say, that happened for me because I am here in this moment because of just that? It happened because it did. And there's a level of surrender you almost need to have when it comes to this process. There's a level of honesty and vulnerability that you need to have because it's not always that easy to do when, you know, a lot of it might be pain or a lot of it might be trauma. You know, say in a case of abuse, somebody abuses you, then yeah, that person violated you. That person victimized in the purest sense of the word. And there is a time and a place and a need to identify as the victim of that trauma as a response, as a way to attempt to understand it. We ultimately have to decide how long that is. How long do we play into that? What is? How long do we need that before it becomes a part of our identity and it's simply more convenient than letting it go? And choosing to open up our heart and heal from it and trust in love again. Because that's what it's ultimately all about. You know, it's not so much about uh, the need for even forgiveness. You can forgive, uh, but does that mean you forget? That's a tough question to ask. Where's the balance? You know, we don't need to necessarily be plagued by vengeance, but we would like to see justice. So there's a certain level where we need to 
take on the identity of victim to embrace the necessary healing process. But I even asked this on my Instagram the other day. And it was interesting to see the type of responses I got, but I asked, um, at what point do you go from healing to healed? And, you know, I had some people say it doesn't happen. And I think there's a level of truth in that. You know, we can always be healing because there's more to unpack about ourselves. There's more that we need to look at, certainly. And I don't think some wounds ever truly, truly, like you're able to just, boom, let go of right there. Um, now, I don't want to put a limiting belief on the sense where you can't heal something completely, as I don't necessarily think that's true. But I understand where it comes from. And that we always need to continue to open ourselves up to the possibility of deeper healing and deeper understanding and not shying away from something. Because ultimately what we're shying away from is where we need to go. It's where we need to look. It's where we need to shine our, our flashlight internally. Because that's generally uh, the subconscious mind. And that's going to dictate a lot of our behaviors and our patterns and our programs and what we uh, move towards. Are we moving towards safety? Or are we moving towards freedom? There's a very, there's very fine line on that. There's no correct answer. I understand why people move for safety. I really do. It's a, it's a survival response to go to safety. It's like I talk, It's like we talked about with the grizzly bear. Like if I saw a grizzly bear, I am going to do what I can for safety. I've I've looked and researched. All right, how do you handle a grizzly grizzly bear situation? You know, it's just that's just a small example. But safety is necessary. It's just a matter of finding the right balance to give yourself freedom and deeper meaning to explore who it is that you are. So, you know, I ultimately think the path that we're creating right now it's going to be done through healing you know we want to see <laughs> the wars taking place and the divisiveness and the uh the fraud the corruption the system itself infringing upon spirit we want to see that stop but we have to stop it within ourselves first you know, the wars I see in society, they're no different than the wars that I've fought with myself, the indecision I've had, the different aspects or identities that play against one another instead of accepting the fact they are a part of the greater whole and can be integrated and acknowledged simultaneously. You know, not, it's no different. The internal game is what makes the external game. The external is an illusion. It's all internal perception. And, you know, as I've begun to really heal myself, and, you know, I don't, I don't have an answer to the question of when are you healed versus when are you healing. I think certain parts of me I have healed. I think certain parts of me are healing. Either way, I don't necessarily need to play the victim for any of it. 
I understand who I am. I understand what I've uh, gone through. I understand what I've done and who I've been and who I am now. I don't know if I fully understand that one, but just exploring and playing within it, but get the, the gist of it. You know, there's a, there's a deeper acceptance. And through acceptance, you can find meaning. And through acceptance, you can find responsibility. You start to generate responsibility. It's like, okay, are you truly operating from your heart? Are you truly looking to be a beacon of light, a beacon of love? Are you truly, truly, truly ready to simply be who you are? You know, I think this idea of escaping the matrix and exiting 3D and all these uh, buzzword new age ideas, uh, (laughs) I think they point to a very simple concept. It's a very, very simple concept that we tend to overcomplicate. And maybe because it's so simple, it's so complicated, it's one of those paradoxical things. That's probably what it is, though. Um, But, you know, escaping the matrix or freeing yourself, all these ideas, you know, they're not, like, you don't need to quit your 9 to 5. You don't need to uh, raise your kids in a specific way. You don't need to get off the grid. Like, you don't need to move from the city. You don't need to do all these things. A lot of people uh, place their spiritual development and really depend upon the proper external situation in order to spiritually develop. Like, don't, don't think you're behind because you haven't gone off the grid or, I don't know, you haven't prepared for crashes of the system or any of this stuff like doomsday apocalyptic ideas like that's not what it's about that's not what this is about that's not what freedom is about are you truly in fear or or, are you truly free if you go and you create this i don't know this perfect external reality where um you're living in fear of Let's say the system collapse or you're living in fear of the new world order and you're operating from I need to survive instead of I need to live. You know, I think great if you're going off the grid, that's fantastic. Like, cool. Sign me up. I'd love to do that. Like, I would love to return to land. I'd love to start growing my own food on a large supply. I'd love to do all these things. I'd love to return to nature and almost escape the zoo. But I think the human zoo. But you don't escape the human zoo until you unlock the door of your cage with your mind. It's as simple as that. It's perception. You can break free from the matrix if you live in a high-rise apartment in a pod in New York City. Why? Because it's about your mind. It's about how you are choosing to show up and create your reality in the moment. Exiting this trap of time, exiting this Gregorian calendar system, exiting the need to confine yourself uh, to the systematic demands. And the thing is about this, what we're heading into as the system infringes upon 
the human spirit and it comes really in a cannibalistic fashion start to eat itself uh, there's going to be a lot of people who allow this infringement to take place uh, out of a fear of not surviving if the system doesn't survive right there's this there's this dependency that we've created you know if a zoo were to come collapsing crashing down how many of those animals that are in there that are domesticated are going to survive out in the wild most of them wouldn't most of them wouldn't there's very there's a select few and that's just the reality of the system we've created Right? A lot of people are going to detach themselves and they can't detach upon it because they depend upon it right now. And that's what they've been conditioned to do. And that's okay. And I mean, maybe it's not morally okay, but it's okay that that's where they're at. All we can do is start from right here in this moment. We can't hold this, this vengeance, this need of somehow this is not what we needed this is life happening for us this is giving us an opportunity to step into our own empowerment on a level that we never knew was previously possible it's like that idea when the pendulum swings one so far one way uh, you really gain insight onto the nature of the pendulum itself and you can actually kind of remove yourself from the need to engage in this swinging and in this uh this duality right these hyper polarizations that we're so accustomed to identifying ourselves by so you know you don't don't feel like you're behind or don't feel like just because there's people like klaus schwab and bill gates who are uh definitely psychopaths in the purest sense purest sense and there is such political and economic angst and suffering taking place and we're seeing um, divide and conquer and fear narratives ramped up across the board you know there's a certainly a necessity for us to uh, I think I think all of our survival instincts are kicking in because we recognize this because we can see that we need to become more self-sovereign or we're going to go down with this thing but that shouldn't put you in a state of fear that should put you in a state of empowerment that's the only way we're not going to we're going to one like let's say we're in a state of fear there's only two things that can really happen with that one we allow for greater infringement in the system um, becomes this automated uh uh, I would say controller of the mind we are really creating the hive mind scenario where there is going to be no individual thought and I would encourage everybody to go back and uh, listen to my podcast on Project Bluebeam where I talk about with Sergey Manast and how you know the technology is being created for those very means i mean we look at a lot of the uh ufos in the, the uh, news right now so much of that is part of the project uh, project bluebeam narrative so much of it you know i talked about this on the show almost two years ago so 
it's uh, fascinating to see it come to fruition, but we need to be very, very aware of the technology that's being used against us to create the conditions for our own passivity and ultimately the willingness, the willingness for us to surrender our own thinking to these texts, to, to the technology. And, you know, even with technology, you assume rights of advancement in technology, uh, but one could theorize, and this is what Sergey Manas talks about, there is the technology when we look at EMFs and we look at uh, these 5Gs and all these different uh, wavelength technologies, when we recognize that we are EMF beings, we have our own electromagnetic field. If you can manipulate the electromagnetic field and you can manipulate that energy that makes us who we are, and you can actually implant thoughts into the subconscious mind through uh, wavelength and through EMF. And Sergey Manas talks about that technology being present in the 90s. So just that's the 90s. Wow, I was born in the 90s. Here I am, 27 years old. Okay, so with any assumed rate of advancement, even if he was maybe, let's say, off and that wasn't present when he was talking about it who's to say it's not present now what do you think darpa and the these agencies what do you the, what they're doing to control and manipulate the human population uh, on a technological level you know we don't talk about the dangers of emf and wi-fi and uh, 5g and the power of uh, radio frequencies and all because Doing so would have to mean we acknowledge the fact that we are EMF beings and are affected by these things. That's why you'll never see a debate on uh, 5G. That's why the telecom industry shut those down. You know, it's beyond just potential health effects, but to acknowledge that there might be health effects acknowledges a deeper truth of who we are. And it acknowledges the fact that these things, that we are, we are not just impacted, but we are uh, directly created by these wavelengths, right? This means that physicality in itself is an illusion. That's where that comes from. That's where that idea stems from. Um, so, you know, we can allow these technologies if we want. I think there's a time and a place for technology, but we need to become very conscious of our own energy field. And ultimately, uh, if you are able to align your internal energy, you're able to create um, a frequency that you essentially operate at, a bandwidth, if you will, where a lot of these things don't touch you. They're, they don't um, impact you in the same way because they're resonating at a lower frequency, right? You can uplift and heal yourself from anything. It's all frequency-based. So uh, we need to keep that in mind because uh, if we're going to understand the truth of who we are, we have to embrace uh these deeper level ideas, we have to really look into the fact that we are creating this technologically based automated system, uh, but we can go the opposite route, you know, as 
if we were to look at, again, the trees in the forest, the interconnected roots, this hive mind that we are creating with technology is simply a mirror, an inverted mirror of what is already present. We are already connected by a collective mind, right? We are already interconnected. That's what transhumanism is about. The singularity idea is the ultimate spiritual inversion of oneness. That's what it's about. You know, everybody craves to return to oneness, to return to God, to find the deepest, the deepest of pleasure and meaning through that connection. And, you know, we want to have these peak experiences where we let go of identity and we simply are just present and we are there. Um, that's what the singularity and the technology is attempting to simulate for us so that we move into it. That's where, you know, that's, that's what we do uh, as beings with rational thought as with these uh, ability to create our reality logically the brain moves towards what brings it fulfillment what brings it pleasure and if we were uh, living in a system that nurtured our creativity that nurtured expression that nurtured uh, that inner child to open up their heart and fully express themselves, we would create a world, you know, that utilizes technologies, that utilizes uh, principles of unity in a way that is in alignment with our interconnected nature. You know, that's what it really means when we talk about the new earth. It's simply a frequency shift and a priority shift. You know, it's not like we're all going to necessarily uh, turn into crystallized light and all of a sudden we're in this new planet. I mean, I don't want to limit myself necessarily. I, maybe it's a possibility. I'm open to it, certainly. Um, uh, maybe that's just what death is. I don't know. Uh, it's certainly possible. But, you know, we need to embrace this vessel, this body that we are in and have a deep level of self-acceptance, a deep level of love, a deep level of compassion. Uh, that's, that's what's going to bring us freedom. You know, we really lose our soul when we allow for our mind to be imperialized by these external forces. And this imperialization, it can take place, uh, obviously now on a physical level, when you have these technologies such as Neuralink and you have the smartphones and potential nanotechnologies, all these things that are being uh, rolled out. Uh, there's certainly a physical imperialization that manifests from this, but it's a much deeper idea. The colonized mind is simply the mind that has entered and plugged into the matrix inversion system. Um, and so we need to decolonize our mind. We need to recognize that the same imperial forces that have been on this planet for thousands of years, the Babylonian Brotherhood, who have 
brilliantly disguised themselves uh, for thousands of years. Thousands of years we've been under the same rule. And it's always been an illusion that we even have uh, sovereign nations. Because these same people have been running the world for thousands of years. So these are the, there's so much information I've been discovering on this. And I, I don't think this is necessarily the episode to unpack all of that. But um, we do need to understand that the Watiko virus of our mind, as Paul Levy would put it, the divisiveness, the parasitic nature in which we approach ourselves and approach our response uh, to the world around us, that it has been around and it has been driving the origins and the origin stories of who we are. You know, it's it's been the tale of humanity that we tell ourselves and then choose to operate on. You know, it's time for us to collectively write a new story. But how do we do that? We have to individually do it ourselves first. You know, that's why I've embraced this role. Uh, almost the storyteller, the poet, the uh, mystical exploration through tarot, all these ideas. I've embraced it. You know, not because I want to or I want, you know, I don't I don't even really want to in some cases. You know, I'd much rather live sometimes uh, blind to my own shadows because they hurt. You know, if I'm going to if I'm going to write a poem, I have to embrace the vulnerability that's present or it's not going to work. It's not going to come out. There's not going to be no poem. I mean, I could write about the beauties and the love and. I think sometimes that just sort of manifests itself. Like it's, that's not work. But some of the shadow work aspects of this, to rewrite the story, it's not easy. It's not easy because, you know, we're told a story about ourselves. We're told about a, a story of reality. And that story is enforced in all aspects of society. So how do we even begin to comprehend a new story? It's just about the willingness to go to your own funeral in the sense and uh, let the boy die so the man can be born. Embrace the rites of passage. Embrace your own initiation into uh, the fact that you are somebody else. That you are deeper than who you have been told. And we all are. and We all have deeper levels to unpack. But what is it that you're doing by avoiding certain shadow work or avoiding certain conversations or avoiding certain responsibilities. You know, what is all of the current fear doing for you? What is the doom scrolling doing? What is the preparation for Armageddon doing? Is it taking a toll on the psyche? It's taking a toll on your heart. Do you close off others based on simple choices or aspects of identity? You know, let's say, for example, I see somebody wearing a mask. It's a little bit rare nowadays for me, but I still do it. I still see it. I'm not going to hate on that person. At this point, that person must be in so much pain for them to close themselves off in such a way. And somebody I've talked to in the past, Kathy O'Brien, who I will be talking with on the podcast again soon, um, 
you know, she talked about how when she was trafficked, she was forced to wear a mask as a sign of uh, submission and enslavement to the trafficking, to the abuse. She had to silence herself. That's what it symbolized. And, you know, so when she saw that in the response for this virus, she immediately recognized the symbolism. And what is symbolism? It's language of the unconscious. So we need to understand what symbols are operating and, you know, become aware of our surroundings, become aware of what we are consuming, whether it's entertainment or music or the external environments we're putting ourselves in. Become aware of all of that. But ultimately, it starts with an internal reflection. How do you view yourself? Do you view yourself having deeper meaning, deeper purpose? Do you genuinely feel love? Do you have genuine connections, a place you feel like you can call home? And if so, that's beautiful. And if not, that's okay. There's no right or wrong to any of this. There's just deeper levels of understanding. And so when you start to really look at this and you start to embrace and accept where you're at, accept what may have happened to you in the past, accept that this is the reality we are in, that is when you can begin to start coming home to yourself and start asking the question, what would love do now? And start becoming more aware in each conscious decision, in each action, in the direction that you're moving. There's not always going to be a right or wrong answer when you have something in front of you. There's just variance. It's not black and white. Trust in where your heart's going to lead you and let that path create itself. We can't always rationalize what we know to be true. We can't always rationalize the love we have for one another. We can't always rationalize what's taking place on the collective level. And I don't think we need to. We just need to feel it. We need to feel what's within ourselves, And we need to commit to a deeper feeling. It doesn't even mean deeper action. This deeper feeling will generate deeper meaning. And the deeper meaning will create action in itself. Because you'll feel called to take the responsibility. you feel called to express yourself. And that's because you are guided by something far bigger than the individual self and individual identity that you have been so accustomed to uh, living with and living by. You know, I think at the end of the day, moving into 2023 and having this be a time where I've noticed such a deep, deep call to bring reverence to the shadow and uh, go onto the dark side of the moon in terms of our own psyche, if you will. Uh, I think as we begin to exit winter, we're going to really see some of the fruits of the labor come to fruition. You're going to see this work really begin to pay off. 
I'm already doing that for myself, definitely. I don't necessarily know what the path ahead is, but I have a clear idea on what I need to do and how I need to conduct myself in order to live from a space of love and operate under the knowing of who I am in order to be free, in order to love, in order to give. I just need to keep opening my own heart. So, you know, there is no call to action with this type of podcast. There's no, you need to do this, you need to do that. You don't need to do anything. You just need to be yourself and trust in the guiding vision that your heart has for you. Follow the signs, follow the synchronicities, and you'll know you're on the path. You'll know you're on the path. That's going to wrap up this episode. I don't have too much else to say on this topic. Um, you know, I think what I'm going to do to wrap it up, certainly y'all can subscribe on whatever platform you want. I'd definitely appreciate it. You can head on over to McDermott.substack, subscribe there. I think that's a really great thing to do. Definitely. You can always purchase my book. Uh, but what I want to do is leave you with, I mentioned it at the beginning. I want to leave you with the poem Starlight. And I will use the imagery that inspired it as the episode artwork. If you know the author, please tag them. I don't know who the author is, um, unfortunately. But it's a. this is what inspired the poem Starlight and really... I think has been the guiding principle for me lately and just about moving forward. I've come to not believe in much beyond a trickle of hope in the starlight, feeling caught within a trap, no escaping illusions of the waking day. Who I am? Somebody else. But that means accepting the faults I evade. Only in the dark of night, I find the courage to gaze at my reflection. Looking in the mirror, does my own sight keep me deceived? Do I have a choice to change? Or am I destined, caught between dueling fates? I can always close my eyes, but the deeper truth will be keeping me awake. The boy of yesterday cries, accepting pain so the man inside can rise. The moments I remember, I wish they would never have to end. My soul can feel at home when embracing your way has the answer. If the world is on fire, our only path forward is together. Only in dreams we're reunited, but it's never too late to begin. At a starlight, I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode. You know, may you see yourself for who you really are and you can really plant these seeds of new beginnings. So ultimately you can blossom with the coming spring. Much love and I'll see you all on the next episode.